You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand rising, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and we got a fantastic Friday lineup for y'all today. I'm so excited. I got an amazing duo in the house. They are doing a show right now at Seattle Children's Theater, and I'm excited to talk to Alvaro and Michelle Rios. Both of them are here, and I get to dive into their story and also the story that is out there right now. It is uh, Carmela. Full of wishes. There it is. I'm like, it's it, okay, Carmela full of wishes. So I get to talk to them about that. Later on in the show, I got Kiranda. I did not want to say it wrong. Look, y'all, it's it's one of those Fridays. Kiranda <laughs> Brown is in the building. She's gonna be telling us all about her work at Onyx the at Onyx Gallery right now and some upcoming events. So I'm excited to dive in about all the jewelry that she's out there selling. So y'all, it's gonna be an amazing show. But of course, it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That's right. Go ahead, tag and share the stream with those you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with trey if you can't watch us you can always listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast just search converge media network the day with trey y'all will find me on google spotify itunes soundcloud apple music oh my god 200 plus platforms uh search for us y'all will find us there shout out to our podcast team for making that happen and for all of you who are listening around the globe we appreciate it so much i get these downloads about people listening in australia and all over the place and i'm just like wow um, thank y'all so much for sharing the stream and also sharing the podcast. It's really through y'all's efforts that people are learning more and more about the great work we're doing here at Converge Media and particularly for my show, The Day with Trey, right here in the Black Media Matters studio. So, so excited to have y'all on the ride and on the journey with us. But of course, I'm also excited because I get to talk to the Rios team about this amazing show they have at Seattle Children's Theater. What's up, Michelle and Alvaro? How are y'all? Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you both for being here. I know what it can take to put a show together. And I appreciate y'all making time to sit with me today and really appreciate the new partnership that we are developing with Seattle Children's Theater. So I'm looking forward to coming to see the show. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Alvaro. Uh, You know, when you think about you as a playwright, this is really setting the tone, setting the story. Give us kind of your background. What got you into becoming a playwright? Oh, wow. That's, that's a, I love that question. Um, so actually, I became a playwright because I was uh, I was just out of the army and I was taking a class at a community college. And one of the professors uh, who had known me because I had been at that community college for a few years already. And the professor had asked me, he's like, I know you write. Would you be interested in writing a uh, play for us? And and I thought about it. But then he's like, OK, well, what if we pay you like, you know, two hundred fifty dollars? And so being out of the army, I didn't have a job, but they had paid for all my college and I made that decision not to work. And so having two extra $250 was a great incentive to write this play. And uh, I was so excited to, to write something that I knew nothing about that 
um, I started to write about what I knew, which was my, my neighborhood. And uh, so a couple weeks later, I brought the play to him and I think he assumed it was going to take like a few like months for me to write something. And he said, okay, well now let's, let's get together the actors. And he brought some actors in and we did a reading and just as hearing the voices that were in my head of these characters and hearing them come to life, it started to make me feel like, you know what, this, this might be where my place is. This might be where my voice goes. And so from there, uh, a, a year later, the, the, the play was produced at the, the college and I would sit, I went to every production watching. It was, it was great to see the performers, but after a while I realized for me, what was more engaging was watching the audience to see what they connected with. And um, when it was done, I thought, okay, well, that's it. It's over. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And a theater in town had con uh, contacted me and said, we're, we're interested in producing this same play. And I said, yes, but I didn't think any, I didn't know anything about royalties or contracts. And so when I came in, um, just because I knew they wanted to meet with me, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally uh, fine with you producing my play. I was like, well, we'll give you a contract. And when they gave me the contract, then I realized, hold on, there's money to be made from this. And I realized, well, you know, maybe I might not uh, be able to support myself, but I definitely will be able to find ways to offset my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then also I, st I, I tell people I, I, I came into theater for the money, but I stayed because I knew there were stories to tell the ones that I didn't get to see growing up as a kid. And I wanted to be able to kind of tell those stories that we don't often see on the American stage. Oh, come on with it. Uh, you're talking to somebody who is a straight up theater kid. So I started, uh, you know, volunteering at Seattle Children's Theater oh, when I was a young wow. person. And my neighbor would take her daughter. And then, you know, my mom and her talked and me and her daughter were friends. And, she, and I was like, oh, my God, I got to go because we got to see all the shows for free. We, I was an usher. So when you're talking and that audience experience, that is so real. Uh, uh, you know, for you, Michelle, director, that is a whole story behind that. You got to let us know how you got to this place. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I started as an actor, right, and um, was acting for many years and then met Alvaro, who was doing this work. Uh, the Crazy Mexican Show is what is what it was called. <laughs> he was doing this work that I'd never seen before. And um, and so we started working together and we needed a director. And I had a lot of experience in theater. So he's like, you do it. <laughs> That's how I started directing was, was with his work because again, it was, we were in Houston, nobody was doing, uh, you know, Latinx work, nobody was doing our stories. And all of a sudden we said, well, we can do them, right? And, and all these years later, it's, we're still doing that. These stories that, you know, aren't, aren't heard as much. So. Well, uh, you know, come on with it. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate this because that is really how a lot of things happen, right? It's like organically done in the moment. Didn't, you didn't seek her out to do that work, but you knew, okay, wait, you've got that voice. You've got that eye really to be able to direct folks and get them to do what I'm writing out, right? And and y'all now are a dynamic duo, not just uh, you know on stage, but off stage. You gotta tell us how the the love story behind y'all developed over time, because like that, you know my audience they're, they're gonna they're gonna kill me if I don't ask that. But you know th this uh, idea of y'all working together and connecting over the work obviously then took a personal note for you both. Mm -hmm. I don't whoever wants to start to share that. 
Well, I always tell people it was love at first sight, but but Michelle has a definitely a different story version of this. No, that's not true. This man was focused on work. He didn't even have a telephone. You couldn't get a hold of him. You would show up to rehearsal, and that's it. So, so I, I, but I was I was enamored with this this idea of this person who's so brilliant. I mean, I think Alvaro's work is brilliant and hits the heart in a, in a very special way. And, it, and you know, so that hit me. And, and the more we worked together, um, the more I wanted to be, you know, together. And, and eventually we were, doing, we were doing a show and I got a job teaching in Milwaukee and he proposed. And I said, so you want to move across the country? And so we, 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 you know, we, mo we moved to Milwaukee, never having never lived together. We started new careers, new, and, and, and we've been going strong ever since, yeah. you know. Now we're in Chicago and we've been there for six years. And, and um, it's been, you know, it's been beautiful to come, to come here, bring this work here. Um, Seattle Children's Theater has been such an amazing welcoming space for this story and for our group and and um so we're you know we're thrilled we're thrilled to share the story <laughs> give me my warm and fuzzies for the day thank you much um I, what i will say is this i mean you know when you think about every production every production becomes a family and i talk about this from my own experience you know and i've done stage managing and all these other things outside of media in terms of theater. And it's been so beautiful to be able to be part of a cast where you're telling unique stories as your work does. Uh, tell us how you guys are seeing the, the cast, how you all, my director out there, she always says a quarter if you say you guys, when <laughs> women are present. Um, but, you know, tell us how you all are seeing how the cast is coming together with this show, Carmela Full of Bushes. Sure, I, I will say that Three of the cast members are from Chicago. And then um, our fourth cast member, his wife is having a baby, so he didn't come, which is, you know, family, and that's wonderful. So uh, we hired Adrian, a local Seattle actor, to, to join into the family. And, and it's, it's wonderful. Our two understudies are also here from Seattle. And it allows us to expand this family of Carmela and, and you know, to tell this story. Um, so we've had, you know, a ball <laughs> putting it together. And all of us, um, we have a 13-year-old son, so he's in town now. And our actors, their kids are now in town from Chicago. So like you said, it is about family. Mm -hmm. And um, this, this story is about family, about this brother and sister that, you know, sibling rivalry is, is real. Um, but it, you know, all of us involved have, have family that's really important to us. And so, you know, making a space, like you said, for... Um, to reach families in the audience. That's yeah. the thing, right? That we, yes, we become a family and, and our families are included in that energy. And then we, we tell these stories that really resonate with people that are watching. And that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, as, as we talk about the, the development of the story, uh, Alvaro, how did you come about with this particular story? Uh, that now folks are gonna be able to buy tickets and come and see. Sure, so this is actually, uh, Carmela Full of Wishes is uh, originally a children's book written by uh, um, Matt De La Pena and illustrated by Kristen Robinson. And this is a, a very popular book. And so I was uh, actually approached by Chicago Children's Theater about uh, adapting this book. This is definitely part of my work as a playwright. I, I, I can adapt various, I've been able to adapt various stories. And so it was a great opportunity to be able to to adapt this New York Times bestselling book 
And especially because I went after reading it about, like I said, this mixed status family and, and this young girl who finds this dandelion um, and, and dreams of all these wishes she can have, but also going on this journey with her big brother. I was able to connect with this story. And, and usually I don't take on a project unless I can find my way in some sort of connection. And it reminded me of all the various times I would go with my big brother to the store and he would have to drag me and like, you know, what could have been a 10 minute trip turned to be an hour because I wanted to go, oh, that dog, let's go look at that dog, you know? <laughs> and so uh, this was uh, what's, so it was, it, it was a great opportunity to be able to, like I said, be able to bring this thing to life. And if you've ever read the book, it's really short. And so it, what I love about this, it gives me an opportunity to put my voice in there and be able to kind of flesh out and bring all these other characters, which you see all these wonderful characters happen on the stage from the Paleta Lady, as well as the Bodega Lady. Um, and then we have a Bodega Cat. <laughs> and, you know, we have uh, Flower Boy, the Flower Boy. And we have uh, these kind of field workers or this idea of these uh, uh, person working in the fields, the the uh, uh, harvesting these, uh, these, uh, Sempasuchi, uh, marigold flowers, wow. um, kind of bringing to life the community, not just the story of these two people, but also the, the community that they're surrounded by and this working class community. And what's interesting is that it is this community that is by the water. So I think this is also mm -hmm. a great setting here in Seattle too. And I think there are definitely some parallels, uh, with that. Oh, well, you two, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you to Seattle Children's Theater for bringing you in this story. Uh, there's something so special about children's theater. Yes. And I just want to tap on that a little bit because honestly, it is the wonder mm -hmm. of the young people that come and see these shows and get to see themselves in the show. And so kudos to your body of work for bringing the Latinx story, voice, you know, that protagonist character, then being able to see themselves in it. I'm sure throughout your work, y'all have been able to experience young folks and people of all ages seeing themselves in the characters y'all are bringing to life. So just kudos to both of you for that. Of course, if folks are wanting to now just jump online and get those tickets to come and see Carmela, full of wishes, look right there, let them know how they do that. Come see Carmela Full of Wishes. Uh, go to the website at Seattle Children's Theater, www.sct.org. Yeah, there it is. Thank y'all so much, both of y'all. And you. congratulations on an amazing show. I I'm looking forward to coming and seeing it with my kids. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I told you we're starting off nice and right, y'all. We're going to continue because we got Kirande Brown coming to the stage right after this. Y'all stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. What's up, everybody? Trey Holiday here, and I'm so excited that Converge Media is doing a Black History Month takeover at the iconic Sankofa Theater. That's right. We're going to be looking back to look forward in this amazing space as we curate our own segments of Black history with our friends there at Sankofa Theater. Shout out to our partners, Friends of Waterfront Seattle, the Elite Collective, and the Vita Agency for joining us on this amazing journey. Of course, the whole Converge family is going to be in the building February 20th through the 24th. Y'all do not want to miss these segments. Join us and can't wait to see you there. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. 
We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. This winter, Seattle Opera presents the world premiere of A Thousand Splendid Sons. Based on the best-selling novel by Khalid Bosaini, this new opera tells the breathtaking story of two Afghan women brought together under the brutal Taliban rule. There has never been a more important time for this story to be on stage. Make this world premiere part of your plans today. Don't miss A Thousand Splendid Sons, February 25th through March 11th at McCall Hall. Details at seattleopera.org. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basie wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Kironde Brown. What's up, Kironde? Hello, hello. Hey, owner of The Sewing Collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then you say The Sewing Collective and you're doing jewelry. Tell us yes. all about the journey of you opening up The Sewing Collective. Mm-hmm. I The journey. It started in 2020. I was bored. I was struggling with the uncertainty of that time. And what I know about myself is I meditate through movement and that's like art, moving my body, but I didn't have a job. I had just quit my job as a teacher. So I'm like, I wanna do something fulfilling. I went on Facebook Marketplace (laughs) and I was looking for art supplies that I could afford and I found beads. And this woman was giving these beads away for free. And I was like, okay, well, let's go meet up in the Walmart parking lot and get these beads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I met up with her. I got the beads and I didn't know what to do with them at that time. I went to YouTube so I can find some videos if you like to see what I can do. And I saw really nice like beadwork patterns I was working on. So I made a waist bead out of it and I posted it on social media. And people are asking me like, are you selling them? I was like, well, why don't I? I should sell them, right? So I made my LLC that week and I made a website and I posted them on there. And that's what I was doing for a while. And I really loved it. I went on a road trip. I would look for beads and like bead stores in different cities and states and stuff and incorporate different gems and stones into my beadwork. But waste beads got hard to make over time. They take a very long time to make. So I I took some time to try to figure out what I can do in the meantime. What is something that I could like make that didn't take as much time? Mm -hmm. And um, I live in this magical apartment building that when people are finished with things like furniture, plants, they put them in the hallway and they're like, take it if you need it. And as I'm walking in my hallway, I see wire wrapping materials, jewelry making supplies there. And I'm like, well, 
let's just make something. And this was February 22, 2022. So I'm like wire wrapping some stuff. I made um, a ring, a pendant. My best friend comes over and she's like, are you selling this? <laughs> the same thing again. And I was like, well, well, why don't I? So I, I felt like I needed to perfect some things and I worked on it for a couple months. And I hadn't posted anything to my website. I just had like pictures of things I was showing my friends. And Africatown had a market coming up, the Black Street, the Black Wall Street market. Oh, yeah. And that happened to be my first market. And since then, it's just, I, I found a network I didn't know that I had already had um, here in Seattle because I had been gone for about 10 years. Um, and this network were other black women who had businesses. I have a friend who makes candles and she was like, you want to do another market? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, let's do another market. And that was the market I met you at. Mm -hmm. And you were able to give me some great feedback about um, the jewelry that I was making and what you liked. And that was very helpful. I want to thank you for that. But yeah, that was like the inception of the sewing collective. But I think that it was really something that I was influenced to do by my environment. I grew up around creative women. My mom, she was a seamstress when she needed to be. My grandmother, she was a seamstress, she had a shop. Um, my family in Jamaica, they have their shops, they make curtains, they make dresses, and that's what I saw a lot around me. If you needed something, you make it. Mm. Um, so. I think that's where the influence began. So when I had these opportunities to make art and share it with people, I had that um, in my background. Even this on my road trip when I went to, when I was going from Florida up here, we stopped in North Carolina and I saw an aunt I hadn't seen in like so long. And she makes jewelry herself. And I had found out in that time and she's like, yeah, I do beadwork. I was like, girl, what? Show me. And she's showing me her, her thing. So. I feel like, you know, it started in 2020, but if you really look back, it's probably like influenced my whole life. Yeah. Well, th you know, that's really the beauty of it, right? Yeah. And there was something so unique and special about the pieces you were making. For me, um, I, I love this idea of, you know, who cares however many other people are doing something? They're not going to do it the same way you're doing it. And at the end of the day, the market is large, right? We need all of these unique perspectives and characteristics infused into pieces. And so I remember I got earrings from you that day and they're one of a kind, right? Like, thank I mean, you, thank they're, you. they're phenomenal. And I, uh, someone asked me like, oh my God, like, where do you find these things? And I'm like, mm. I go to marketplaces. Now, for uh, a large part of my energy and community has been creating those marketplaces. Mm -hmm. So uh, Africatown, Black Wall Street Market, mm -hmm. you know, we did the first one um, in 2020 and we just said we're going to shut down the whole block and we're going to like flood it with uh -huh. black businesses. The mm -hmm. next year, it like doubled in size and it's so fantastic mm -hmm. because I get so excited at the fact that when we talk about circulating our dollars locally, we have to actually provide opportunities the, for the folks space to, to do, do that. it. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I really, you know, hearing you connect with this network and being now, no, now we know you, right? You know, now <laughs> once we know you, then it's like, you got to keep like, up with the demand. <laughs> demand starts to flood. Uh -huh. How has it been for you, you know, really growing the sewing collective and kind of anchoring yourself in that network that you mm -hmm. found? Mm -hmm. 
it's been, I'd say a beautiful experience. I'm the type of person that likes to have my hands in a lot of different things. And so being able to be a business owner, I can tap into the creative side and make the jewelry or create the photo shoot. But then I also get to create the marketing and things for that as well and find other resources that I would need or um, tap into my network and see what markets are are out there and avail what spaces are out there and available to me. So it's been stretching as well, you know, because the things that I have to do in my business are growing me to advocate for myself in other areas of my life because I'm so passionate about what I'm doing here. Um, I've really liked learning more about um, gemstones um, and ways it's been like about wellness for me, the things that, cause it started off like trying to find something I can meditate with. And then it, I had too many things in my home, let's sell them. People want them, you know? So um, the things that I'm learning and incorporating for myself, I'm also incorporating into my jewelry um, so that it can help other people's emotional wellness as well. Like cool. for example, I found some stones called Chalcedony stones. Let me see if I can get this off. And um, I actually made an earring out of it, like I made a bead and I made an earring out of it. This stone is used for um, stress, inner healing, calm. And what I like to do is hold my earring when I'm feeling that way, stressed and calm. And it's kind of cold, it gives a little shock. And I can take a deep breath and I can give myself a mantra, like just this moment, just this breath. And so in having this business, I can share the things that I've learned that help with me for other people um, through something like jewelry, something like, you know, an earring. Yeah. Which, you know, is, <clears throat> is so ancestral as you are now out here and providing these amazing products. Uh, y'all, I, I get to share <laughs> that Kirande, uh was so sweet to bring me an amazing product today. So I'm going to just unveil it for all <laughs> of y'all uh, because I do love uh, her products. Ooh, pretty, pretty. <laughs> Look at these hoops. There we go. Thank you. Oh yeah. I'm about this life right here. I got it. I got them yeah. sideways. There we go. There, I can't wait go to this see way. what you do with them. Oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> um, how are people receiving you in the sewing collective? Well, I think they're receiving the sewing collective well. And they're also assisting me with the stretch, you know, like I don't mean to ask for these stretching opportunities, but when they come, they I'm a curious girl, so I'm going to lean in and go for them. So, yeah, it's being received well. And the things that I, I dream about offering as a service-based, but also like creative business, but also a service-based business, they're being presented as opportunities, you know, like... My goal for the Sewing Collective is not only for it to be this jewelry business where people get to come and pick up things that they can put on their body and adorn themselves and feel beautiful or give as gifts, but I also want them to be prompts for wellness. Um, and eventually the goal is to have a space that is not just like a creative outlet for me, but a supportive inlet for the community to come and find prompts for all types of wellness, whether that is vocational wellness, and we talk about how you can find a job, what you can do in your interviews, or that um, emotional wellness, where we'll just go for a walk and talk and drink some tea at the park. You know, that's the, that's the ultimate goal. And we're starting here with 
prompts with jewelry. Wow. Yeah. Great gateway. Thank, Thank you. you for being the gateway opener <laughs> uh, and yeah. using jewelry as that source. If folks are pleasure. looking to connect with you, buy products, mm -hmm. uh, have you come out to amazing marketplace events, mm -hmm. look right there. Let them know how they find you. Okay, guys. So I have a website. It is thesewingcollective.com, sewing with an O, S-O-W-I-N-G. I'm on Instagram, Sewing the Collective. And if you're free this weekend, I have a few events you can come to. Um, there is an event on Saturday with Free Flow Fit, that is another community organization that is changing the culture of like health and fitness in our community. They're having a sweat and shop at Lululemon in University Village from 10 to 12 a.m. RSVP, go to their Instagram, Free Flow Fit to RSVP so you can go. And then on Sunday, I'll be with um, Camp Opal and Jack Studio at their design studio and interior design vintage shop. Um, they're doing a pop-up with some other groups of plant shop, um, a tarot reader. So just come through and tap in, find some jewelry and, and see what else you can, um, see what else resonates with you. There it is. <laughs> Kiwande, thank you so much for coming thank on. You, I'm Trey. so glad that we were able to make this me, happen. Me As you have new stuff come out or new things, you this is a space. Come on down. Share you. it. Yeah, you got it. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. You. I promised y'all a fantastic Friday. I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. What up, y'all? T-Dub here, as always, bringing you the news and art planning and opportunities. This year's Four Culture Project grants are live now, and here's what you need to know to apply. Four Culture Project grants fund cultural activities and projects throughout King County. If you are an individual or group with arts, heritage, or preservation at its core, then this funding is for you. And if you're new to the grant application process, Four Culture hosts virtual workshops and has a team of grant managers ready to assist you in the process. The deadline to apply is March 23rd. Head over to fourculture.org for more. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a fantastic Friday. I know it may not look fantastic out there, a little bit foggy and cloudy and a little bit wet, but in here, the energy was vibrant and alive and well. Actually brought a lot of brightness to my life. Uh, but of course, I'm so excited. I got to thank my guests for being here with me today, Alvaro and Michelle Rios. Uh, you guys have to go get your tickets to Carmela Full of Wishes. Is take some young ones with you. Let them get that experience that they are bringing to the stage at Seattle Children's Theater. Uh, make sure y'all go to the website and get your tickets for that show. And also, I got to thank Kiranda Brown, owner of the Sewing Collective, for being so intentional about the pieces that she is creating and the connections that she is making out here in community. Uh, y'all know where I'm going with it, right? Of course, I was inspired by all of their sharing their stories, uh, the work that they are doing out here in their communities, uh, the work that they're bringing to other communities. The idea is that they're doing something, right? They are doing something that is bringing it out to everyone else. So y'all know I want y'all to be inspired to do exactly that. Find the ways that you get to use your creativity, your talent, your skill set, your voice, your eye, whatever it is that you have, bring it out to all of us so we can experience 
experience it. And you then will find your way to see yourself as a part of the solution as they have. Of course, for me, I want y'all to have an amazing weekend. I'm so excited. I will be tomorrow at Mo Pop. If y'all are following me on Instagram, y'all know it's at Trey Holiday. Y'all will see. I am excited because my girl Kalana Barfield Brown is coming into town and shout out to the Dre's Experience for bringing her here. It's going to be an amazing show at Mo Pop. If you already don't have your tickets, I don't know if they're sold out yet, but y'all gonna want to get your tickets for this because Kalana Barfield Brown has taken the world by storm, not just with her amazing collection that was at Target, but also all the work that she does in fashion, in styling. She has so many brands and partnerships and she's from right here in Seattle. Y'all graduated with me at Garfield High. So I will be with her sitting with her at Mopop tomorrow to, you know, interview her, get some questions answered because folks want to know what they can expect coming up next with her and also her amazing background story. It's been so beautiful to witness her entire blow up and glow up. She's always been fabulous and now the whole world knows it. So make sure y'all get your tickets to that as well. Uh, I'm excited because y'all know next week we are doing our Converge Media takeover at Sankofa Theater. We want y'all to be joining us. We have some spaces for live studio audience. If y'all want to come out, email me at Trey, Trey at whereweconverge.com. Y'all check me out. We're going to be filming some amazing segments um, on Sunday. We're going to be doing some great work and we also have some specials coming up. So I promise you, we are really utilizing that space to its uh, best potential. And I'm so grateful for that partnership. Shout out to Sankofa Theater and the partners there and all of our sponsors as well. Y'all have been hearing us talk about it, but I'm so elated that y'all will get to see the great fruit of all that work next week. And so for me, y'all, until Monday at 11 a.m., peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.